0: Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron.
1: One of the important things to do as a programmer is to constantly keep learning. And we've talked about that a lot. And so you you learn new things and your mind expands and you learn new techniques and everything. I think it's important to understand that that doesn't mean that all the stuff you've learned so far is always going to be quote right or um what you still believe or is, like is best practice and all that kind of stuff um and and so i'll give an example right so i learned about using docker for um deploying and developing apps from a gentleman who worked uh in a fortune 500 company and we had many, many different versions of different apps going out, and they were all balanced, and there was all these different clusters of things, and uh, and because of that, he kind of had best practices in mind, or or best practices for a large, large scale sort of deployment in mind.
0: So this is we're we're talking like more than one droplet at DigitalOcean.
1: It was yeah, it was all <laughs> AWS, okay, you know, and, and you know, multiple. I mean, it was something like when you deploy code, you could then see the, the Docker containers spinning down and new ones coming up. Mm, okay. And so there was always at least three or four running at one time. Yep. So you'd have different versions of code. Anyway, point, point is that um, you know, he, he taught me a lot about how to do this with um, kind of like larger scale stuff or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so one of the things he taught me about was that uh, each one of the Docker containers should do a thing. And so I had a Docker container for NGINX and I had a Docker container for PHP and for my SQL and all those different Mm -hmm. stuff. And you kind of swap those out. And that's kind of how we do our projects now is we tend to have kind of a separate one for each, depending on the setup. And I was kind of bought into that. And I, I just really kind of dragged my feet on the fact that someone would think about combining all those. A person talked to me the other day and they're like, why don't you just put it all in one Docker container again, like my SQL and everything like that, just like you did with VirtualBox and just call it good. It's just, it's mm-hmm. a small container. I said, I can't do that because that's not best practice. So because I'm always learning, I'm always watching and reading things. I was going to this course, serversforhackers.com, ran by a, a person in the community, Fidelper, And he was talking about his sort of Way that he'll combine certain things on a Docker container, mm-hmm. uh, but not others. So he might have a separate one for MySQL, which makes sense to me, but yep. he'll always combine NGINX and PHP. Hmm. And I was like, ah, I, I, can't, I can't buy into this. And then he started to explain why. His, his reasons were um, for NGINX to properly serve PHP files. It has to see the PHP file and know it's a PHP file that say, and then PHP needs access to it. So technically, those two things actually need to be able to see the files. So if you keep them separately, you have to mount the code on both of them, versus if you combine them. And he goes, and an Nginx is made to not be that uh, resource intense intensive. So mm-hmm. it's really not a big deal to have an Nginx instance just not doing anything on maybe queue workers. It's it's barely anything, and it saves you tons of time in management. And I I listened to that, and I I was like, I don't like this. And then I started thinking, you know what, why don't I like this? There's actually, I I kind of trust what he's saying. And it makes, it makes perfect sense. And maybe there's a middle ground of like, you keep separate containers for certain things, but things that kind of Mm -hmm. go together. And then I just said, you know what? Like, I think I was wrong. I, I think that for the type of stuff that I do, mostly I was wrong to always have such separate containers all the time. You realize yeah.
0: I'm recording this, so I'm going to use that clip later <laughs> where Aaron
1: said I was wrong. I, I, I thought I, I thought it was uh, watching your face and you go, like, oh, we have a lot of projects with separate containers. What are you trying well, to tell me?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of going through the same <laughs> mental process you're describing because I'm like, but no, Aaron. Aaron, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but the whole point here is is this is an example, and you can still disagree with either mm-hmm. one of these points. But it's important for us as developers to understand that as we grow through our journey of being a developer, that we're going to learn new things and have new insights and people are going to explain stuff to us differently. Yeah. The best programmers can be fluid and change their mind when presented with new information. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you a great programmer to only be stuck in your way as a best practice if you never reevaluate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair, but it's also a good point to make because sometimes we we, we put these best practices up on this pedestal where mm-hmm. they're just not to be challenged because either we heard it from a reputable source or maybe through personal experience, we even found it to be a best practice. But like you said, things change.
1: Right. I, I think we've talked in other um, episodes too, that there are reasons for things. Mm-hmm. So if you have a reason for a best practice, then you're challenging the reason. You're not necessarily challenging the practice. Sure. Yeah. And so you're saying like, does this reason still make sense and whatnot? If if you're adhering to best practices, I mean, that's great when you first start out if you don't understand why, but your job then is to immediately start down the path of understanding why this best practice is the thing that you're implementing mm-hmm. so that you can buy into it uh, wholly. Well, and, and like the context you started
0: setting this up with, a best practice in a Fortune 500 company with you know dozens or mm-hmm. hundreds or thousands of containers might be different than you know me and you shipping an app for a much smaller company with using far fewer resources. So, the best practices should I think be context sensitive too. So that's an important thing that, that you mentioned at the beginning there.
1: One other, another example I can use is that. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of con- contracts, interfaces, you know, implementing different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laravel makes use of that too, as well. Uh, you know, you can implement should queue and then the thing will queue and, and stuff like that. So there's, there's a, there's, there's a lot of use for that. However, it's one of those things. Like if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> I've built projects before where I made it a, 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 basically an interface for every single thing that mm-hmm. was ever injected. Yeah. And my my mindset, well it, it was well, you know I build these injections based off the contract, and then you know the the actual concrete implementation is what's bound and et cetera and there was all there's a lot of good things in that way of doing stuff, but it just got more complex. I had to make another file for every single yeah. thing and then you know, I was reading again, and I just came across stuff that I've read a million times before, and it just kind of clicked differently, and I had to change my mindset which which was Yeah, interfaces are great, but you want to use it for notifying specific or kind of mentioning specific functionality like Laravel does, like should queue, things like that. Mm -hmm. So identifying something of a class, or if you're reasonably certain, you're going to swap that out at some point. Yeah. So if you built something, let's just say like a Twilio service, right? Um, And that service integrates with Twilio and you've named it Twilio service, there's no reason to make a contract for that because... Right. you're not going to use a different tool I and mean, name it Twilio. So, you know, it's just yep. they're not going to be the same. And you're probably you're probably going to stick with that vendor too. So, you know, the idea that you might swap out your text, probably not. I mean, maybe yeah. payment methods. Uh, we've done that a lot, mm-hmm. but even so, like those are pretty big projects in general, uh, where you're probably touching a lot more than just the public interfaces. For sure, yeah. You mentioned you know, Laravel
0: does this too. And so I, it, just, it just gave me a thought, like it kind of back to that idea of having a reason. Sometimes the reason we do something is because we see other people doing it. Mm-hmm. But I, I was just like, as you were kind of talking through the evolution of how you viewed these contracts slash interfaces, it's changed. And I just, I, you know, looking at Laravel, not everything there has a contract. Some, some things are concrete, right? And so... Mm-hmm. I just, I just, just calling that out because I know as programmers, maybe, maybe this is just me, but like, there's this tendency <laughs> to kind of copy what other people are doing or what you see done elsewhere in a code base, even if it's a, the framework you're building on top of. And so I just like that idea coming back to having a reason, understanding like, when does this provide a benefit and when is it like just unnecessary ceremony that's not really adding any benefit to the code.
1: I think the last thing I want to kind of wrap this all up with is more about working with your fellow teammates or the community and stuff to, mm-hmm. in regard to this is I'm not trying to be, you know, the attitude police, <laughs> but, okay. but part of a maturing as a programmer too, is understanding that you're going to experience these things and other people are going to experience something, those same things too. So if someone changes the way they do something and maybe they have a reason, Try to take a little time to understand why they changed something, not be like, that's dumb or oh, you, you, didn't know any, you didn't know that already or, or, or whatever, <laughs> sure. because yeah. you're going to experience the same sort of things mm-hmm. too. And so it's, it's incredibly difficult in my experience and, and incredibly humbling to be known for a specific set of best practices in a way, and then change that. Mm, and so it's already stressful kind of be like, well, everyone knows I am the guy who writes contracts. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I've been way hammering everything. That wasn't that nail, haven't I? Yeah. And and so that's, you know, if if you care about your craft, it's already probably personal that you maybe felt you were wrong now. And there's, there's some humility and there's some little heartache with that, I guess, at mm-hmm. least for me. And so you don't need to pile on that as other people. Just be happy that the person you're working with is kind of learning and growing.
0: Yeah, I, I find social media is very reasonable in that regard. There's, there's a... <laughs> Never any hot takes or anything overly opinionated. It's a very reasonable place to have, sure. have a dialogue.
1: It's the best place to mention that you were wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so I've done this before and I, I'm sure you have. I, I guess I don't know, but I'm probably certain. But like, what is the deal? When you're trying to indicate that something is good like a big physical thing that you slap it oh can you give can you me <laughs> an example <laughs> like like and you're like ah that's good plop, plop. or like I, I guess like kicking the tires for example like to mm-hmm. like oh that's a you kick the tire or just like you know when people are like oh that's a trusty trusty car and they hit the roof or something yeah okay like well, right. why do why do we hit things to indicate that it's a good thing, like I don't get that. Does that apply to people? Like if we like somebody, we, we can kind of slap them on the back a little bit. Right? Oh yeah, you do. Like if you <laughs> shake your hands and then maybe you like tap them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, and that's different than the man hug, which is you know, bring a person close and you just kind of beat them on the back a little bit. To sh- that uh, I, I'm not gonna hug you, but I'll show you I love you by slapping you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, I do those things. You're right. <laughs> it, why though? Is there a deeper philosophical meaning. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like counterintuitive to this is a good thing so I'll punch it. <laughs> yeah, when you say it like that it does not make sense. Would you like to overpay for an ebook? Well you won't at masteringlaravel.io. In fact, two of the
0: ebooks are completely free, but you can pay if you want. So if you really want to overpay, that is an option for you.